All right, John chapter 1, and we're starting in verse 35, okay? We're starting in verse 35. So y'all stick with me. I'm going to read through it, and then we'll start talking about it a little bit, okay? Starting in verse 35, we're going to go through verse 42. Hey, y'all stay with me here. Y'all are distracting. You, these church kids, man. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him, and it was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So that's our text for tonight, and we're talking about, again, we're talking about discipleship. We're in this Disciple One project, or Disciple One cycle, that we're, uh, that we're going through, this current series here. And, and here's the thing I want you to notice, and, and we're going to go through some, some individual things here. But when these guys meet Jesus, things start to change in their lives. Okay, when they meet Jesus, all of a sudden stuff starts to change. I need a couple more volunteers real quick, okay? I need, okay, Harley and Draven, and I don't know your name, but come on up anyways. What's your name? Emmy. Emmy. It's good to meet you, Emmy. We, ha we haven't met before. All right. Here's what I need. We have. Oh, now I feel bad. I'm sorry. I forgot you. Uh, okay, I do feel bad now. All right. So here's what I need. I need, oh, I need two more people. Taylor, will you go stand in, or uh, are you going to do a stand somewhere? It's all, uh, all right. Taylor, go there. Hope, go, and go over there by that table and just kind of stand there. Yeah, stand over there by the drinks there, Taylor. That's fine. I got my two. Thank you. I appreciate your, your enthusiasm. All right, so here's what I need. I need Draven to put the blindfold on. I see that. It's a pretty beard. All right, Draven's going to put the blindfold on. No. Now, Draven, I want you to look around the room for a second real quick, okay? See, see look around the room. Take the blindfold off and look around the room. Okay, see where Taylor is and where Hope is. Your job, Harley's going to put his hands on your shoulders, and you're going to lead Harley around, and Harley has to high-five Taylor and to high-five Hope and then come back here. But you've got to do it with the blindfold on. You're leading him. Yes, put the blindfold on. Put the blindfold on. Okay, here, Harley, hands on his shoulders. That's a good look for you too, Harley. We'll get to you in a second, Emmy, I promise, okay? You're, you're going to be next. All right, so I need you to go lead him to where Taylor was. Everybody watch out. Let's try and do this quickly or it's going to get really awkward. But, uh, okay. Now, Harley, you can't tell him where to go. You got to just follow where he goes. Okay. All right. There was a chair, but you got around it. Nice. Okay. That's good. Take your time there, Draven. Take your time. Seriously. All right. Hey. Hey, stop with the help. Stop, stop with the sound effects. You're, you're ruining my illustration here, Taylor. All right. So there he goes. He's, he's close. He's close. All right. High five. You, you're close enough for the high five. Boom. Now go find hope. Now he's got to go find hope. That's kind of the idea. Yes, there will be tables in the way. All right, and possibly people. Why are you dancing while you do it? Now it's weird. Like, this is awkward. Ronnie, stop. Oh, that's a, that, that's a chair. Okay. Ronnie, let move. Move. Let him by. You're, Ronnie's blocking you. Okay. Y'all watch out. He's, okay. That's, okay. 
That's an Audrey. Yep, that's the Audrey. Okay. There's yeah, that's the Audrey. <laughs> and Audrey. All right. He's 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 in the he's in the uh, he's in the vicinity. Taylor, I'm gonna need you back there in a second, but you're good for for the moment. Okay, got her. Okay, come back to the front. Come back to the front. No. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, there, there. that was a chair. Yeah. All right, here he comes. You can follow. Hope, Hope, stay back there because we're going to need you in a second. Hope, there was Hope again. You're fine. All right, you can take the blindfold off. You're good. Thank you, guys. Now, we're going to do the same thing. You, you can sit down. You're done. No, no. Now you're going to follow her around and do the same thing. You sit down. You're done. Okay? And she's not blindfolded, so this should go quicker. Okay? So you just put your hands on Emmy's shoulders and, or, yeah, her head or whatever. And Emmy, you got to take him around so that he can high-five Taylor and Hope. Okay? You can, you can go quicker because you can see, so. Okay, there's, there's Taylor. High five for Taylor. Excellent. Now go give Hope the high five. Okay. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> we got creative high-fiving back there now. Okay. All right, here she comes. Slow. There we go. <laughs> Would you let go of that girl's hair? That's mean. For real. Seriously. All right, good enough. All right, thank you, guys. Good job, Emmy. Good job, thank you. Draven, good job by you as well, and thank you to everybody. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about this, and there is a point to that, I promise. Okay, in John 1.37, it says this. It says, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. What did they hear? John had said, hey, this is the Son of God. Right, Jesus walked up and John the Baptist said, hey, this is the Son of God. And so these guys who had been following John the Baptist instead decided to follow Jesus. You see, when they met Jesus, their leader changed, okay? The person who was leading them changed. They went from John, who is a human. And yes, John was a prophet and John was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was even born. But even through all that, John was still human. And John knew that his only job was to set the table for Jesus. The only thing John was on this earth to do was to get people ready. It said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make a highway straight for our God. Okay, and so that was John's job. And as awesome as John was, he was still a human. And he had human faults and he sinned and he screwed up. But Jesus wasn't going to and Jesus didn't. And so he said, okay, now that I'm here, now that Jesus is here, y'all can, you know, John was, was the blindfolded. John was like Draven, okay? He, he, could, he couldn't really see. He, he kind of knew where he was going, just like Draven knew the basic layout of the room, and he knew about where Taylor and Hope were. But, but John, he knew he was looking for Jesus, but he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. He said, here, follow Jesus, because he's a better leader than I am. Okay, and that's what Emmy represented, the leadership of Jesus, where she could see, and, and Jesus knows what's going on. And, and, and so when we meet Jesus, our, our leader has to change. Okay, number two, here's the second. That was the first fill in the blank. You got fill in the blanks on your paper if you like those. The second one is this. Oh, I had a point for that. I forgot to put it. There you go. Our leader changes, okay? Here's the second point is our priorities change. Okay, we meet Jesus. Our priorities change. In John 1, 41 and 42, it says that the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, we talked last week. What were their jobs? What were Simon and Andrew's jobs? They were fishermen. Yeah, okay, they're fishermen. These, these are blue-collar guys. And when he met Jesus, he didn't say, you know, later on, I'm going to have to tell, I'm going to have to remind him that I met him. H how many of you had this? Like you're out, 
in the store or you're out, you're, you're out in the battle or whatever and you see like a friend of your parents, right? You don't really know them that well, but they're like a friend of your parents. And you're like, oh, I'll have to tell my mom that I saw whoever it was when I get home, right? You kind of know what I'm talking about or something like that, right? That's not what, that's not what Andrew did. He didn't say, hey, when I get home, I'll have to tell, tell Simon that I met this Jesus guy. He was really cool. It was the next thing he did immediately. He said, you know what? I've got to do this. I quit. He quit looking after himself, and he started immediately to bring other people to Jesus. He said, I've met Jesus. I've met the Messiah. i got to bring somebody else to the Messiah. Okay, his priorities changed. His priority became immediately bringing people to Jesus. That was his priority immediately as soon as he met Jesus. Imagine, you're in, imagine your house catches on fire. Okay, what's the first thing you would grab? Yes, ma'am. Huh? You do what? You, what? What would you grab? What's the first thing you would try and save if your house is on fire? Your new laptop. Your cell phone. The photo albums. Yes. Your diabetic stuff. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Your kids. Yes. Hopefully people would be first on the, on the list. Yes. The other people in your family should be high on the list. I'm a little disappointed it took that long to get there, but... <laughs> That's right. What did you say? For real. They're all jerks, right? Yes, Alex. Your dog, okay? Is that what you were going to say was your dog? Your cat? You can leave the cat. Cat for the devil. Um, cats are. Cats are demons. You didn't know that? It's in the Bible. Anyways, uh, it's not really in the Bible. Don't, no, it's not in the Bible. <laughs> I knew she was going to believe that. I had to, I, had to, I had to codify that. No, not really. I just don't like cats. Um, I would leave the cats. Anyways, Montana has a cool cat. I don't know if I've met Montana's cat, but was she out and about when we were there? I don't know. Miley, okay. Anyways, let's, let's get back to the point here. So here's the thing. Whatever you would grab first, that's your priority, right? And those things are, for the most part, good. You know, hey, y'all stay with me here. Let's, let's get back on topic here. You know, Getting your family, that's awesome, okay? Your medical supplies, if you have those kind of issues, those are good. If you have time to grab your technology, I know for me, I have instruments and, you know, my computer and, and, and that kind of stuff that I would want to get. I totally get that. Um, you know, and so we all have priorities. And when we meet Jesus, Jesus becomes the priority. When we really have an experience with Jesus, he becomes the priority, Okay, you go to camp and you have these crazy experiences where you're so close to Jesus. And in that time, the reason camp is so effective is because we don't really have any other priorities, right? Your phone doesn't work out there at camp, okay? Your phone doesn't get that much reception, maybe a little bit, but I know there's certain spots. I know, stick, stick with me here. Go with the point, all right? You don't have your computer to check your Twitter and all that jazz, and you don't have... In, you know, there's not internet access out there unless you know the spot. But, um, you know, as far as the general camper life, okay, as far as general camper life, you don't have internet access. And, uh, yeah, Shaylee knows the spot. She lived at camp basically all summer. So she knows the spot. But, uh, you know, uh, and so we have this. There it's very easy to make Jesus a priority. When we get back into life and school and sports and friends and, and all that stuff is good. So don't hear me wrong, but Jesus still is the priority, or he should be. If we really have experienced Jesus and are experiencing him on a regular basis, he will remain the priority. Those of you who were at, uh, at first priority yesterday at Bonham, you heard, uh, or at Permian, you heard Miss Natalie's story. It's an incredible story. Uh, those of you who are at Bonham and OHS will hear it this week because she's going to speak tomorrow at OHS and Friday at Bonham. And she has got this amazing testimony, okay? It's a... Uh, 
it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, and it's hopeful, and it's just it's all kinds of, of goodness in her testimony. And one of the things she said in C-Lunch, she didn't say it in A-Lunch, um, but I wrote it down because it was such a good quote. She said, she was talking about, uh, kind of about this, about what her priorities were, and she said, the problem with doing too many good things is that there are one too many O's in good things. You see, instead of just worrying about doing good things, we have to be doing God things. That should be our priority is doing the God things and the things that he has put in our lives to do because there's nothing wrong with, with music and, and with sports and with school and, the, you know, and with having friends and with family time. Those are all incredible things, and you guys know I support you in those things. I want you to be involved in as much stuff as you can. But when it takes the precedence of the God things, then our priorities are out of whack, and we need to meet Jesus again. We need to have a new experience with Jesus so that he can change our priorities. In the last verse of this section, in John 1.42, uh, Andrew brings uh, Simon, he brings Simon, his brother, to Jesus, and, he, and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which when translated means Peter. That's what we know him by, we know him as Peter. Because the other thing that Jesus does, the third thing that happens when we meet Jesus is our identity changes. You see, today I was talking to a young lady this morning at Sea at the Pole, and she was sharing with me how her dad had abused her when she was a kid, okay, physically abused her, and it hit her and her mom and, and had really done some terrible things to their family. And she, she had been broken by this, and she had, she had tried to kill herself a few times. Really, she had this heartbreaking story. But then a friend had brought her to church, and she had met Jesus. And things changed because after that, her identity was changed. And she's going to share next week at sea lunch and at... at, at uh, at, at first priority at Permian, and, and I was so excited because she's a great example of a new identity. Her old identity was uh, attempted suicide and was, fa you know, family abuse, but her new identity is a daughter of the king, is a child of God who is loved by the God who created the universe, okay? In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. I went too far. Okay, the old has gone and the new is here. Okay, you look at the disciples. We know about Peter. Okay, we did a whole series on Peter back in the spring, and Peter was a hothead. Peter did not know how to keep his mouth shut. He had anger issues. He chopped off a dude's ear. He's always putting his foot in his mouth. He's saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Okay, Peter had issues. But we also know, because we just did Acts, and Peter became the leader of the first church. In the Catholic church, he is literally the first pope. Okay, you know, back before Catholicism and, and Protestantism split and all that jazz. Okay, Peter is the first head of the church, and he gave the first sermon ever and got 3,000 people saved. This is a dude who just a couple of days, a couple of weeks before that is denying Jesus. Why? Because he experienced the risen king, and he met Jesus in a fresh way, and his identity was changed. Okay, we know about Matthew. We talked about Matthew last week. He's a disciple. He wrote one of the books of the Bible. He wrote the first gospel. Okay, what was Matthew's job? Tax collector, okay, which is basically a thief. Okay, he's a traitor and a thief. And he was the dude that the other prisoners beat up if he got thrown in jail because he was that bad because people dislike tax collectors that much, the lowest of the low. Okay, but Matthew ends up as a disciple, and he ends up writing a book of the Bible. How cool is that to say he's one of the dudes who wrote part of the Bible, right? This is a dude who was a thief and a cheat, and everybody hated him. 
But he met Jesus and got a new identity. Thomas, what is the disciple Thomas most known for? What do we call him? Starts with Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas because after Jesus came back to life, he said, I won't believe it until I touch his hands and, and his feet and his side. And so he got to do that, and Jesus met him and said, here, see, touch my hands, you know, put your fingers through the hole and all that jazz. And he did. Okay, this is a dude who did not even believe. This is a dude who knew Jesus for those three years but didn't even believe he was alive. But once he met the resurrected Jesus, Thomas ended up being a martyr for the faith. He died for his faith. He's one of the church fathers as well and one of the first, first apostles and a church planter. Why? Because he met the resurrected Jesus and he had a new identity. You see, it's easy, especially in today's culture, with all the distractions we have, to meet Jesus at a place like camp or a retreat or anything like that or, or, or at church or whatever and to put Jesus in this little box, right? And nothing else changes sometimes. Like, okay, I've met Jesus. That's awesome, but nothing else in my life is really going to change. All right, I'm going to keep talking the way I talk and I'm going to keep uh, acting the way I act and nothing's going to change. But that's not what should happen if we, if we really have an experience with Jesus and we're really walking with him like these guys were these things in our life are going to change. And you say, you know what, well, I've changed. Well, you know, I used to curse, and now I don't curse as much. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that's happening. But there's, don't, don't put a, a stop to that either. Sometimes it's so easy for us to say, all right, God, here, I'll let you change this portion of my life. You know what, I used to do this. You can have that part, but I'm keeping this. Okay, I don't want you to change this part because this part's fun for me. I enjoy this part. Okay, and am I saying that, that God is going to wreck your whole life and make you do things you don't want to? No, he's going to change your desires to be like his. Okay, and your desires may change, and they will, but, but it's not about ruining your life. It's about having the better thing that God has for you. Okay, I saw a cartoon today of a, of a little girl holding on to a teddy bear. A little girl's holding on. To, she's got this little, little teddy bear here, you know. And you see the, the God character standing there with his hand out like he's asking for the teddy bear. Okay, he's asking for this little girl's teddy bear. And, and the, the, the bubble, the speech bubble over the little girl said, but God, I love this teddy bear so much. And what the little girl can't see is behind God's back, he's got this humongous teddy bear. You know, he's got a big, like, first prize at the fair type teddy bear. You know, he's got the big hammer knocker. You see, that's what God wants. It's so easy for us to say, all right, God, I'll give you this little thing. I don't care very much about it, so you can have that. You know, those low priorities in our life. Those things like, yeah, sure, God, you can have that. You know, I'm not, that doesn't really affect my life on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll only think about that every once in a while. So that's all you, God. You take that. But it's so much harder for us to give him the big things and to really let him change those things into what we want. It's so much easier for us to, to hold back the people in our lives and the desires in our lives and the, the other things that hold us back. Yet we hold on to them for some reason. We don't want him to change him. This other verse I put up earlier than I meant to. But it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. So we can see the Lord's glory. We've met Jesus. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to make you more like him. He wants to make us more like him. He doesn't want us to be stuck in our old ways and with our old problems. And, and we know there's going to be issues. Jesus said in this world you will have troubles, but he has overcome the world. And so if we'll allow him to overcome those things and allow him to change us, things get way better. And they're not always going to get easier in this life. Sometimes they'll get harder in this life. 
But the long-term benefits, the eternal reward is, is immeasurable. We can't even comprehend in our human minds what that really looks like. We don't even really know what that means. But tonight, if you met Jesus, I'm excited about that. I'm glad you have. But if you've met Jesus and you're not letting him change you, then, then you're not experiencing all that he has for you. It's so easy for us to say, you know what? I know I shouldn't, you know, struggle with anger. And probably all of us here struggle with anger at some points, okay, right? We probably can all agree to that. And you know what? It feels good to get angry sometimes, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good to just throw things every once in a while? Right? My dad used to keep by the TV uh, or by, by his chair, we had this little pouch thing. And it had a bunch of these little bitty footballs, and they were soft. So he could throw them at the TV when the Dolphins sucked, which happened a lot during that time, right? So, right, and it's good. Sometimes it's good for that. You know, it's good. Sometimes you're like, man, I just want to get angry. It's almost fun to get angry sometimes. But that's not, that's not biblical. I mean, there's righteous indignation. But we get angry at the stupidest stuff, don't we? We get angry at the dumbest things. Man, I tell you what, I'll admit, for me, it's driving. Oh, nothing makes me lose my salvation like driving in Odessa, man. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> Preach, right? <laughs> Yell it with me. Right? But that's not righteous anger, and I'm working on it, and I'm trying to let God work, work on me, you know? You know, I mean, I'll, man, I tell you what. Inside, I'll, I just, I'm going to get real with y'all. The inside of my car has heard more curse words than I'm proud of. You know, I'm not proud of it. But seriously, that's the only place I ever curse is when I'm driving. I get just so mad, and you know. But I'm trying to let God change me in that. I'm trying to let him take that anger away from me because he's got a peace that's better. He's got a peace that passes understanding like the old song was. Okay, you remember singing that song? I got the peace that passes understanding down in the depths of my heart. Right? Remember that? The peace that we can't even understand. We don't even understand why we're so peaceful. But that's from God. So tonight we're going to pray. I'm going to close the service out. And I want you to think about it. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you and to... And to, to to, to work in you and to tell you what are the things you need to change. He wants to change you. He wants to make us better. And I know he has great things for all of us. And so as we go into this prayer time and this response time, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what are the things that God is trying to change in me that I've been holding on to. Heavenly Father, tonight, God, I thank you. Lord, for what you did for us. God, for coming to this earth and living a sinless life and dying on the cross and paying the price that we could not pay. God, for, for taking upon yourself what we could not bear. Lord, you're so good and it's way past what any of us deserve. We, we could never earn that. And so tonight, God, I'm grateful for that first and foremost. And God, tonight I just pray over each student here tonight, Lord. God, that you would change them and you would change me and you would change us to be more like you. God, that we would make you our true leader. We would quit trying to follow ourselves or trying to follow our friends or trying to follow the, the culture. God, and that you would be our leader. You have the clear vision. Lord, and it's you that we want to follow. God, I pray that you would, Lord, make our priorities what yours are. God, that you would change our desires, that you would give us the desires of our heart, and that is to be more like you. Lord, that our, your desires would become our desires, and we would, we would reach after people, and we would have a heart for those that haven't met you yet, that our friends would break our hearts, Lord, that our, our, our classmates and our teammates and our whatever else mates, God, that when we see them and they don't know you, Lord, that our hearts would be broken, that we would not be just okay with that, we would not accept the fact that our friends are going to hell, God, but that you would break our hearts for them. 
God, that our first priority would be to bring people to you above all else. Lord, even above getting good grades, and good grades are awesome, and even above being good in our, in, in, in our, in our sports and in our activities, and those are all good things, God. But, but number one, priority A would be to bring people to you. And God, I pray that you would change our identity, Lord, that, that the identity of our old person, of, of the person who had anger issues or the person who struggled with certain sins or the person who struggled with whatever it may be, God, that we would walk in a new identity. We would walk in the identity of a child of the king. God, we would walk in the identity of someone who has met the only God. Lord, someone who is a new creation, someone who is no longer relying on ourselves. God, but is relying on you. God, make that our identity. Lord, I pray, God, for each student here, that you would work in their lives, that you would change them to be more like you, and we would become better disciples so that we could make more disciples. God, that over the course of, of these next few weeks and months and years, God, that, that our schools would be transformed, our classes would be transformed. God, our groups of friends would be transformed by the love of Jesus, and it would start with us. God, with these 16 students that are here tonight, God, Lord, a transformation at Bonham and Permian and OHS and LBJ and, and, and wherever else, God, whatever the schools are represented here, Lord, you know every hair on our heads, and so you certainly know what's up in our life, God. I pray that these students would be the catalyst for a transformation by your power. God, I pray that you would keep us safe. Bless us this week, Lord. Let us get rest and get the things we need to accomplish, Lord, and, and be strong in you and because of you, God, that we wait on the Lord. We wait on you for your strength. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.